All right, my people, this is your man, L. Jamal, coming through on your Wednesday Halloween night. And we have a few things to talk about. I got the Halloween theme going uh, for tonight, but of course, we got the war on the street, as we always do. We're going to also talk about some uh, football, some college football, just a little bit of college football, as well as some NFL. And then we're going to also do some uh, NBA talk as well. And then we're going to wrap it all up with some uh, with a review. I told you guys I'm going to be doing the compare and contrast for the uh the excuse me the texas chainsaw massacre movies i'm gonna be doing the original 1974 and the 2003 version with jessica bill so we have uh we have a pretty busy show tonight so let's get right into it of course with the world on the street and uh let's start off with some trump news now trump wants to sign an executive order that would that would basically end birthright citizenship meaning if you are an uh an immigrant and you have a child here that child um you know normally under normal circumstances that child will become a citizen on birth here but trump is trying to change that so that is uh, no longer the case now according to um to this to this excerpt of the 14th amendment that deals with that uh it goes all persons born or naturalized in the u.s and subject to the jurisdiction jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the u.s and the state and of the state they reside so uh, that's pretty much what it is in terms of the law that's what it is in the constitution uh, so far he hasn't really got any support uh, even from his Republican cohorts, uh, the Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, uh, was re uh, was recently quoted as saying, you cannot uh, deny uh, birthright citizenship, basically flat out, uh, you know, claiming that that can't happen. Although Trump is, uh, well, Trump says here, uh, we're the only country in the world where a baby, where a person comes in, has a baby, and is essentially a citizen of the United States for 85 years with all the benefits. Now, uh, this, of course, is not true. Uh, more than 30 uh, countries have a birthright citizenship clause, uh, including Mexico, Brazil, and Canada. Uh, there's also some European European countries that do this as well. However, there are some uh, there are some restrictions. Uh, I know in Poland, uh, you cannot. Uh, it's not necessarily a birthright thing, but if you do know the language, if you do speak Polish, uh, generally citizenship in that country is a little bit easier. Uh, again, uh, again, there's are there are a few co uh, countries in the world that don't have birthright citizenship, but. Uh, he, America, as well as, like I said, over 30 countries actually do it. So that claim by Trump is false. Again, I'm not too sure where they're getting at, you know, trying to push the immigrant thing. Again, you know, there's always that fear that they're going to take, you know, you know, whatever jobs that are here. Um, and, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think a lot of the jobs that they end up getting are the jobs that we didn't want to begin with. So we can keep saying uh, that they're taking whatever jobs that, you know, whatever jobs are out there. But again, if you wanted them, you'd have them. So I think, you know, there's a lot of I'm not going to I'm not going to go there and just, you know, always claim racism or, you know, try to make that, you know, a point of emphasis on my show. Uh, but again, you know, I just find it problem. I just I just find it an issue that there's always a problem with you know these people, and it's not necessarily just uh, immigrants. It's not all immigrants. It's just immigrants specifically from Central and Latin America that they seem to have a problem with the powers that be. Uh, nobody seemed to have a problem with all the Russians that come here, with any of the Europeans that come here. Uh, it always seems to be, uh, you know, not even really necessarily Asians. Uh, and and we, as we can see, there was that travel ban uh, against certain Muslim, uh, certain Islamic countries that Trump. Uh, pushed as soon as he got into office so the, you know 
there's a lot of questions that I have about, you know, just the the backlash towards these immigrants anyways. I don't really see why we have have them. And again, you know, I think birthright citizenship is necessary because again a lot of these parents a lot of these people that are coming to this country and and are in a situation in which they're having children here are escaping uh, a very uh, a very serious situation in the country that they came from you know and a lot of these people it doesn't really matter where they come from you know people that are coming here are coming here obviously for a reason and uh you know, as long as we have the room, as long as we still have the resources, why not at least help the people that want to be helped? I don't have a problem with that. Now, uh, off to some other news. We got some some good news, some sort of good news. Uh, actually, it is pretty good news. Actually, uh, we got some wage increases. Uh, wages went up 2.9% between September of 2017, so September of last year and September of this year. Uh, this is the biggest rise since 2008, where it went up to 3.1%. Uh, wages are Wages are grinding higher as the labor market continues to tighten. And this is according to economist Justin Wildner. Um, and also, we have an annual inflation of 2.3%. So it looks like we're able to, I guess, you know, from what I read, that was a good thing. We're still able to afford things of, you know, the the price, uh, the, the wage increases seem to be matching the cost of living. That's what it's saying here, although... We know in states like California that that is not true. Now, only 23% of companies had trouble hiring this year as opposed to 42% last year. Also, small business owners will also increase, increase wages as well. And this is the first time they've been able to really do this significantly since the 80s. Now, this growth all started in 2016. Uh, really, it started about eight years ago, um, but it jumped, it jumped, it started to jump higher around 2016. Uh, 2016, it jumped up to 2.5%. And this is another quote here. I think this quote is interesting because, again, it you know there's there's that notion that everybody likes to uh, put out there that Trump is somehow responsible for this. Trump is the guy that you know did all this, and I've always been dis in disagreement of this. And this quote kind of. Uh, it kind of, you know, gives me the, gives you a reason of why. Uh, it's not about the tax cuts. This is about the gradual tightening in the labor market, finally forcing employers to pay more. And this is coming from Ian Shepherdson, the chief economics at Pantheon Macroeconomics. So, you know, what this quote is saying is there isn't so much that a government is doing, whether it be Obama or Trump, but more so uh, people are actually engaging within finding work. You, you have people with all these different, um, you know, these different skill sets, different levels of education and different levels of working experience. So what is happening is the job market is, like I said, well, basically what it says in the quote, the job market is increasing and the value of workers and just, you know, the skill set of the workers is out there is increasing so therefore the pri the, therefore the wages they have to go up in order to match uh you know to match the employees that want to look for that want to have i mean the employees that want work so these are all good things uh, i definitely think the wage increase is good i you know again i don't i don't believe that it's something you know of course it's i don't think it's the result of donald trump again with all these jobs that are now available in the in the raises and all that i i would like to say that that's you know i'm going to keep saying that this is the that's the work of the corporations i don't think that necessarily has to do with anybody that's in power there hasn't been any there wasn't any real uh 
what do you what do you call legislation uh, that forced businesses or promoted businesses to you know increase wages and that goes to Obama and that goes to Trump. No, none of those guys put in any type implemented any type of policies to increase hiring i think what happened is like this is and this is what happens uh businesses do well in terms of profit uh, they make a large amount of profit people are there therefore buying jobs are needed as well so they fill those jobs the more you know the more uh you know the better uh, these companies can do financially the easier it is to hire people when they're not doing well financially they're not hiring it's just that simple i don't think it has anything to do with conservatism or liberalism i just think it has more to do with what that corporation wants to do based on you know what what type of income they're generating seriously and, and as simple as that you know i don't think you know like i said there was you know i'm gonna repeat it again there was no real uh, policies under obama or uh, President Trump, for that matter, that promoted hiring amongst us or the, the increase of wages. Uh, as far as I know, uh, companies just across across the nation just decided that they wanted to raise the 15, 15 bucks. Again, that wasn't a law that was passed. It wasn't an executive order that was passed. It's just something that corporations decided to do. Uh, job job scarcity or job availability, for that matter, that has nothing to do with a president, but more so with the CEOs of these of these jobs. So um, with that being said, I I like the fact that raise, wages are going up. I hope they get to a point where we can actually start affording things uh, because in states like you know Missouri, 805 an hour, even with their cost of living, is not a lot of money. And even in California, 15 bucks an hour, which they've moved us to, a lot of us to, is still not enough money for us to live in this state. So uh, there's still, there still needs work that needs to be done in terms of wages. I think we all... You know, anybody above 25, uh, I, I'll state this now, state this now, anybody above 25 years old needs to be making a living wage. And what I mean by that is a wage that can pay for all the bills, pay for uh, any type of housing, so on and so forth. Now, mind you, different levels of skills and different level of education and work experience might determine, uh, you know, the exact dollar amount somebody might get paid an hour. But I definitely believe that what you're making at the job should cover your bills. And if not, you're wasting your time, ladies and gentlemen. You're wasting your time. Working is, in my opinion, is the biggest trap that they've ever made. But that's just me. All right, y'all. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, like I said, we're going to talk some college football. Just a couple quick points here. And then we're going to get into some NFL news. we got some NFL trade line to talk about. And, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. All right, y'all. All right, y'all. So we are back. And like I said, I got some college football news here. And we're going to start in uh, Maryland. Now, they have decided to reinstate their head coach, DJ Durkin. Now, Durkin was uh, placed on administrative leave earlier this summer, around June, after the death of an offensive lineman uh, by the name of Jordan McNair, who was a freshman. Now, he died of a couple days after he had a heat stroke uh, that he suffered at one of those practices. Now, Durkin's, uh, Durkin's coaching style, you know, has been described as toxic, has been described as a bullying environment. There's been a lot that's been said uh, about his, you know, about his staff and about how he coaches. Uh, but then again, um, the athletic uh, director, Damon Evans, will also keep his job as well. He oversaw the hiring of Durkin. Uh, and also he oversaw, you know, everything that Durkin was doing. So he'll be coming back as well. Now, there's a serious issue here. You know, I, I really don't like, I don't understand. Uh, first and foremost, I don't understand why. Uh, he was brought back first and foremost. I don't understand what they saw in the man. Uh, again, you know, 
when you hear the words toxic, when you hear the words of toxic environment, that's not good. When you got people dying at your football practices, that's not good. Those are red flags. Now, he was hired in 2015 uh, to a five-year deal worth $12.5 million. Now, that might be why that's the case. They don't want to be on a hook for, you know, X amount of millions of dollars. But in reality, he only has a 10 and 15 record, which is marginal. And he's 15 and 13 against the conference, which is trash. So it's not even like he's a great coach to begin with. So you, you couple that. Now, now, mind you, you know, not every coach is the same. You know, not every football coach, you know. Now, for example, uh, Mike Leach, head coach at Washington State. Great offensive mind, great character. He also got in trouble in the past. He also had issues within his practices as well. There's a situation with him at Texas Tech where he kept a player locked in a shed for hours in a hot summer day. He had to leave that job. That player didn't die. That player didn't really get any serious injuries. But he went to his father. His father was a former football player by the name of Craig James. He didn't have none of that. He's currently, I believe, he well, he ran for senator a couple of times. Uh, he might even be a current senator as we speak. But his father wasn't having that. Same thing here with McNair. His family uh, spoke out against the, the against the coach. Uh, even one of the uh, tr- regents, uh, Mr. Lowe, I uh, forget his first name, uh, but he's been running. He's been part of the University of Maryland uh, for about ten years, and a part of that community in Montgomery County for about ten years. Now, he also spoke out against uh, D.J. Durkin and also Damon Evans, the athletic director. Now, instead of the university just saying, look, the pre- you know, you know, this guy, uh, Mr. Lowe, he's already spoken out against the coach. He already had the backlash from the media and also the parents. Why would you keep the man? Especially when their replacement, Matt Canada, had already gone five and three and three and two in the conference. over the- And this is this season. Think about it. Your team is already at five and three, but you want the the weak coach in there to 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 help y'all. The coach that killed somebody. You know this does not trust me, and and this is this is the cold part about it, is having a messed up coach. This is coming from personal experience. It doesn't matter what sport you play. If you have a fucked up coach. Therefore, your team is fucked up. When your team is, is fucked up because of the head coach being who he is, that's not a good team. It doesn't matter how you know how many how many games you win. You might even win a lot of. Let's say, for instance, they played in the weaker conference in the Big Ten. Maryland could probably get to a conference championship game, but the minute they will get to that ball game, the minute they will get to that January ball game and play somebody solid from out of their conference, they would lose. Because that team, it doesn't have any type of, it doesn't, especially now, with who they, because now when they, when uh, Durkin came back, he came back yesterday, he tried to have a meeting with the team, you go over, got players walking out. They don't want to play for this guy. They don't want to, they don't want to have to worry about getting ran to death. They want to learn how to play football. They want to, you know, forward their career if that's what their career is going to consist of. They don't want to run to death. They don't want to be having heat strokes at practice. They don't want to be bullied. There's stories of him throwing his, his, his strength and conditioning coach, throwing trash cans at people. Really? Calling them all type of homophobic slurs. See, I'm sorry. 
See, I, I, I got to give these men some props for doing this. You know, these young men coming to these college campuses, uh, college cam uh, campuses and trying to, you know, change their future, get a degree, get their education or get their football skills together to go to the next level because they have, they have to go through this bullshit. Because I don't think I'd be strong enough to let a man throw a trash can at me. We'd be fighting. They'd have to dis dismiss me for the campus. <sighs> Outrageous. But they decided to bring him back. Maryland's going to suck for a long time because of that. I'm going to let y'all know right now. I'm not even a Maryland fan. But for a move like that, they're going to be trash for a very long time. Nobody wants to go to that school. Nobody's going to want to go to that school. And if you're a fan, I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. Now, moving on, we got one more college football story to talk about. It's a little important as well. Uh, Urban Meyer, head coach of Ohio State, has finally opened up about his health issues uh now he's had a history of different health ailments now i know when he was a head coach at florida i think he had to leave around 2010 uh 2009 2010 around that time uh, because of heart issues uh now he's been well uh he's already had this issue but now he's decided to talk about this particular issue now uh he has a brain cyst uh, he was diagnosed with this in 1998, and he's been dealing with that since then for about 10 years. Uh, actually, over 10 years, excuse me. Uh, about 20 years, actually. Uh, this causes severe, severe headache, headaches, uh, frequent headaches, and also pain on the left side of the brain. Uh, this forced him to drop to his knees on the sideline versus the Indiana versus Indiana a couple weeks ago. Now, um, this is important because, again, uh, there is, you know, talk about him possibly moving on. Uh, there was always that talk about him possibly moving on at the end of this season. Uh, he says he wants to stay at least through the next season to help his team out. And again, I got to I got to give him all the props. I got to, you know, give him an extra prayer because that stuff is serious. You know, when you're dealing with pain like that on another level, you know, inside your brain, that's an important that's an important uh, part of your body body and uh you know the, he has to use his brain to think and come up with plays and lead his team and be you know a proper leader and be able to properly function so i i definitely give him an extra prayer i hope he's doing all right uh, i hope he can he says he wants to stay as long as he can i give him all the, you know all the luck with that uh, he has a currently he has a, a 77 and 9 overall record uh, so a good coach a great coach. Uh, this is at Ohio State, by the way. He also had, he also won a 2015 national championship at Ohio State. So uh, definitely a winner. Uh, definitely a good football mind. If I can go back in time and play some college football, I would love to play for Urban Meyer, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, definitely somebody that his players, uh, whether it be Tim Tebow, uh, whether it be um, you know JT Barrett, uh, a couple of his other players, Braxton Miller. Even Terrell Pryor, they'll have good things to say about this man. The Bosa brothers, Nick and Joey, definitely a good coach. And it sucks to see him go through this. I didn't even know that he was going through this. And I heard, you know, now, mind you, like I said before, he's had health problems before. Uh, he had a, the heart issues that made him leave. For, he had to retire for about a year from Florida, from Florida. And so it just sucks to, you know, see him, you know, have to go through that, you know. And you didn't even know, like, a, for you know, to be honest with you, I didn't even know. But it, I, I did see him uh, drop to his knees in that game. And I really didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was, you know, what was going on. And uh, if you look at him on the sidelines, a lot of times you'll see him. If you ever look at an Ohio State game, you might catch him with his hands on his knees, bent, uh, bent or crouched over. That's all. That's all what he's. That's pretty much why he's doing. That's what he's been going through this whole time, and it just sucks. You know, it it just sucks that he's that successful. But uh, again, he just 
has to deal with all that pain and, and hopefully uh, maybe there's something that can help him in the next couple of years and like I said if not then I wish him the best of luck hopefully he wins another championship and gets these kids through to the next level because that's that's definitely what Ohio State does that's definitely what Urban Meyer does and um, just wishing the best best to help you don't want to hear about people you don't want to hear people about people in bad shape like that uh, well let's get into this NFL real quick uh, like I said we had the trade deadline come up yesterday and we're going to talk about some of the bigger trades that happened in the league uh, let's start with the Redskins and the Packers now the Packers sent to the Redskins ha ha Clinton Dix and in turn they got a fourth round pick um, now I like this trade I think the Packers they kind of see the writing is on the wall there must be some changes that need to be made for the future I like that I like that they got a, a, a draft pick for that and uh, ha ha Clinton Dix already is he's gonna go to a team that's already pretty solid on defense he's gonna help out along that secondary He's a hitter. He's going to be right there next to DJ Swearinger. So, you know, great addition to the defense. I thought that would add somebody on the offense because I think that's what they needed probably more so. Uh, but I'll definitely take a, a good player like HaHa Clinton Dix. Definitely would take that. Uh, moving on, we got the Ravens. They were active all throughout yesterday. Uh, they also made a trade with the Ravens. They traded running back Ty Montgomery. And we all know what this was about. This was for that bonehead play he decided to pull the other night. And uh looks like uh, McCarthy wasn't having it. Of course that could have been that could have been a it could have possibly been a win for the Packers. So of course he got shipped out uh to Baltimore for a twenty twenty seventh round pick. So again, you know, Green Bay is building up for that future. They're getting those those future picks. Let's see what they do with it. Uh also we got the Texans and the Broncos doing some business. Uh the Texans get Demarius Thomas. And a 20, uh, 2019 seventh round pick. So a seventh round pick for next year, essentially. And it's in return, the Broncos get a 20, uh, 2019 fourth round pick and a seventh round pick. I like this. I like this as well, uh, especially with Will Fuller going down for the rest of the year. Uh, definitely Deshaun Watson needed somebody to throw the ball to, somebody extra to throw the ball to. Uh, they already got DeAndre Hopkins, who's definitely an end zone threat, who definitely constructs the field. I like Demarius Thomas. He has a big body and playing with a solid quarterback, a, a good quarterback who can actually pass the ball around. He's going to get some touches. He's going to help out big time tremendously. And it helps. And it, I, I think it, it just keeps, it pushes the Texans to another level for playoff time. Again, there's nobody catching them in the AFC South. And finally, we got the Eagles and the Lions. Uh, the, the Eagles get wide receiver Golden Tate. And the Lions get a 2019 third round pick. I like I like this pick as well. Uh, Golden Tate has become a very uh, solid option in terms of uh, catching the ball. He can also run the ball as well, so he's very versatile in terms of scoring. Uh, he's definitely a fantasy producer. So if you don't know, you know if you you don't know about his stats and you're into fantasy football, know he's one of those guys. And the Lions, of course, they get a third round pick uh, for next year. They're looking to build. You know, build while there are new coaches there to get a new get a new squad going. So I don't have any problem with that. And finally, we're gonna go over some uh, takeaways from week eight. I got three of them for you guys. And for one, Le'Veon Bell is not gonna be playing this year. I don't see the I don't see the Pittsburgh I don't see Pittsburgh putting him out there, especially knowing the clause that they have in his contract. If he gets injured, they're on the hook for about about twenty something million, if I'm not mistaken. Um, or for yeah, see they're on the, they're on the hook for for some money, and I don't think they want to deal with that. Besides, they got James Conner going at it. Uh, he's been putting on solid numbers without the ego, so you definitely can't you can't you can't uh, neglect that. I I think the Steelers are moving on, 
And uh, this is good as reason as ever to trade him right away whenever you get a chance. Uh, the second point that I got is the Packers, they're not going to the playoffs this year. Uh, unfortunately for my, my Packers fans, the game that I saw last week, of course, um, you know, Rodgers put them into position. Rodgers did everything he could. Uh, but again, his team let him down. And I think that does not change even if you tra if you trade Ty Montgomery. There's too many holes on defense now, especially since you traded HaHa Clinton Diggs. And they don't run the ball enough for me. They're not good at running the ball. They're not consistent at, at scoring enough for me. All they have is Aaron. And that's not enough to get you to the playoffs. Not not with the NFC. Not not with your division looking like Not even with their division look like looking like that. It's not going to work. And no, as, a, as a third point, it's t it might be time to rework your draft board. Uh, we all know that Justin Herbert was probably one of our our top draft picks. It was a it was a draft it was a top draft pick on a lot of people's boards. Uh, we're talking about the quarterback out of Oregon. Now, the last couple of weeks has proven that ain't gonna work. Uh, he's not the one. Uh, there's a lot of there was a lot of injuries taking place last week in college football, and a lot of people are showing their true colors in terms of their skill set. So it might be time for people to look at that draft board and do a little bit of switching up. Justin Herbert might not even be ready to come out next year. Looking at these past couple of weeks, so uh, keep your eyes out and don't be afraid to switch things up on that draft board, y'all. All right, y'all. So we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk some NBA. We're just gonna go over some score. They're going to talk a little bit about the standings. And, of course, we're going to go over some Jimmy Butler. All right? So we'll be right back, my people. All right, y'all. I am back. Let's go through tonight's NBA action. The Pistons go down to the Nets, 119 to 120 in overtime. The Pacers beat the Knicks, 107 to 101. The Nuggets beat the Bulls in overtime, 108 to 107. Uh, the Jazz lose to the Timberwolves, 125 to 128. Let's go. Let's get into this game uh, for a little bit. Now, uh, Jimmy Butler was out, of course. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about him uh, wanting a trade, pursuing a trade, doing his best to get out of out of uh, Minnesota. So let's break this game down a little bit because I was really surprised that through even through the drama, uh, the the Wolves were able to get it, were able to get it done against a top opponent, a potentially uh, one of the top uh, spot holders in the West against Utah. So uh, let's talk about this game a little bit. Now, as far as the Jazz go, uh, Donovan Mitchell had a great game. He went for 26 points, had five assists. Uh, Rudy Rudy Gobert, excuse me, had 22 points, 13 rebounds. Uh, Jay Crowder also had 18 points and seven uh, seven rebounds off the bench. Uh, now, off to the Timberwolves. D Rose had a monster night. 50 points, 6 of 6. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns had a great game as well. 28 points, 16 rebounds. And also Andrew Wiggins, he had 19 points and 6 rebounds. Now, with all that being said, you know, Jimmy, I, I think he's being a little bit selfish right now. Now, I get it. You know, the guys in terms you know, the guys in Minnesota probably not your the most mature. Uh probably it might be a hard time coming out here, just uh, you know, coming out there just because you're in the West, you gotta go through the Warriors, so on and so forth. But you know what? You got fifty points by Derek Rose tonight, Jimmy. Fifty points coming from a guy who used to be who used to be your teammate in Chicago. 
coming from a guy who had so many issues that he's had in his career. You get 50 points from him, damn near 30 from from Cat. Andrew Wiggins gives you uh, uh, 19. Hey, you don't want to play with that? You want to go to Brooklyn? Look, the T-Wolves aren't the greatest of all the teams, but they're 4-4. Four four. They're 500 right now. You're not going to get that with Brooklyn, bro. You're not going to go to Brooklyn and, and go in there and, and whip those guys together. It'll be an even worse situation because a team like Brooklyn sucks. You might as well stay with the Timberwolves work. Yes, they might be a little immature, but at least you know they can play and they can win you basketball games. You're not going to win the any basketball in the New York market. I don't give a damn how much money you're looking for. I don't give a damn about the fame you're chasing right now. You're not getting any rings. So stop talking about you want to be the man somewhere. Be the man right now. If these guys are so immature, so so they can't play this, you know, your style of basketball, then work with them. You're the big brother. Show little brother what to do. This is what you're supposed to do. Since you want to be the man. You don't want to really do that in Brooklyn, do you? D'Angelo Russell liable to snitch on you. Do you really want to go there? Stop. You don't want to go to that dumpster fire just because you wanna you wanna have your way. Don't do that to yourself. Now, I could have seen if you wanted, to, if you said, "Oh, I want to go to L.A. or I'll go to Golden State, maybe even the Spurs." But don't, don't come, don't, don't talk that shit to me. I want to be the man, but I want to go to Brooklyn. Shut up, shut up, bro. You're being selfish. You just want to, you want to, you want to just act out. Stop that shit. You a grown man, bro. Man up and play with the boys. Derrick Rose gave you fifty. Nobody on that Brooklyn squad is gonna give you fifty. I don't even know why you brought that team up. Did you just pull that out your ass, bro? Come on. Better off saying, take me to, ship me off to Boston. Didn't want to go to Boston, did you? Because you got to put in some work. Oh, you won't be the man in Boston, huh? You already the man. I don't get it. Everybody wants to be the man somewhere. Everybody wants to be the, the dude somewhere. Dude, you're already you're already him in, in in Minnesota. Minnesota has nobody but you. You're the main guy right now. If you would if you would have stopped complaining, just be thankful for what you got, Jimmy. Cause you're gonna go to you gonna go to Brooklyn and be a mad person. I can see you now. You're not gonna like it there. You could you could talk all about it like you want to. You don't wanna go to the Knicks, bruh. You don't wanna go to the Knicks, bruh. You don't wanna go to the Knicks, bruh. You could have said any team, you could have said the Spurs, you could have said you wanted to go to the Blazers, you could have said you wanted to go to the 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 Celtics or the Raptors. I would have given you a pass. You could have said you wanted to go to the Bucks. That's a championship caliber team. Look at where they're at now. You could have said that. But don't tell me you want to be the man and you want to be, you know, you want to handle some business. And you want to go and win, but you want to go to Brooklyn. You're not winning in Brooklyn. Get over it. Just man up and handle your business and win in Minnesota. Okay? Tired of these, these, these men just complaining and pouting and, and acting up because they can't have their way. And then their best solution is to, is is not even that is not even that good of a solution. Brooklyn is not gonna solve your problems, bro. I don't give a fuck how much money they pay you. And I don't mean to cuss like that. I need to work on that. But they're not gonna pay you. They don't matter how much they pay you, it ain't gonna be worth it, brother. It ain't gonna be worth it, Jimmy. I would stay in Minnesota. I'm sorry. 
They're actually winning in Arizona. Look at Brooklyn's record right now. Don't tell me you want to go there. Don't tell me. Don't ever bring up. I don't ever want to hear nobody talk about they want to go to Brooklyn until Brooklyn goes to two straight, has two straight playoff appearances, and they win in a round. Then you can tell me you want to go to Brooklyn, and I'll believe you. Anyways, back to these scores. I really, oh, I, I could just go in all night. Uh, but anyways, uh, the Pelicans lose to the Warriors 121 to 131. And the Spurs, they were able to come out on top against the Suns 120 to 90. Uh, let's break down the score of the score of this game a little bit. Uh, the Spurs, uh, in terms of the Spurs, LaMarcus Aldridge led the way in scoring. Actually, I'm sorry, DeMar DeRozan led the way in scoring. He had 25 points. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge had 24 points as well. As far as the Suns, TJ Ward, uh, TJ Warren led the way with them. He had 21 points. Trevor Ariza also had 14 points, and he had seven rebounds as well. And DeAndre Ayton, the rookie, he had 13 points and eight rebounds as well. Uh, the Spurs go to five and two, and the Suns go to one and six. All right, y'all, let's get to these stands. Real quick, we are in the beginning of the season. Uh, Melistris, just for y'all, just this for you, you guys, and myself to get a good idea of where we're looking at, what we're looking at in the league right now, what everybody is looking like. Uh, so, starting with the Western Conference, the Warriors, of course, are on top. Uh, they currently are eight and one. At two, we got the Nuggets, six and one. And we got the Blazers coming in at number three, five and two overall. At number four, we got the Spurs. Five and two. At fifth, we got the Grizzlies. Four and two. And then at, at six, look at look at for them. Uh, look out for the Sacramento Kings. They're currently at five and three. Of course, this is the this is the beginning of the season. We'll have to see how everything goes. But this is a good this is a good start for them. This is a good start for a team that's been through a whole lot. That's been a dumpster fire, just like Brooklyn. That's been a dumpster fire for so long. But at least they're coming around. Unlike Brooklyn, Jimmy, Jimmy. Anyways, bringing up the rear in the Western Conference, we got the Pelicans at four and three. In the Eastern Conference, we got the Bucks on top, seven and zip. They are the best team in the NBA so far, uh, at least in terms of record. I know uh, teams will, uh, I know people, you know, you got your experts and just fans in general that will uh, argue with me about, uh, you know, the Warriors being the best team in the league, but. I'm going to go with the undefeated team for right now. Uh, number two, we got the Raptors, 7-1. At three, we have the Celtics uh, at 5-2. and two. At four, we have the Pacers, who are 5-3. and three. And then at, at five, we have uh, we, we have the Pistons at 4-3. and three. At six, we have the 76ers, 76ers at 4-4. Four and four. At seven, we have the Hornets at 4-4 four and four as well. And in last place, we got the Heat at 3-4. and four. All right, y'all. So we're gonna take one last quick break, and like I said, I got the these reviews, uh, this review for you guys, uh, for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. So we will be right back, ladies and gents. All right, y'all. So let's wrap this up for tonight. And like I said, uh, I was gonna go over the, go over these uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. So uh, recently, I saw the original, uh, the 1974 version, and then also I saw the 2003 version. So uh, let's 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 compare both of these real quick. And uh, I'll start with I'll start with the leading lady. Why not? They're the, they're the biggest focal points of both movies. Uh, there's you know, and they're. This both movies are centered around perfectly around uh, their female characters. So let's get these out the way first. Uh, now in the original '74 version, uh, the main character is Sally. Uh, she's and she was played by uh, Marilyn Burns. Uh, and in the 2003 version, uh, we have 
Aaron, who was played by Jessica Biel. Now, uh, like I said, both these movies did a good job of, you know, making sure that we knew who the main character was, who the story was going to focus on, uh, you know, just with everything, camera, blocking, so on and so forth. Uh, what I will say in terms of how uh, each movie did them differently uh, was for, well, for 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 starters, in the original, uh, Sally was a real was your real quote unquote damsel in distress. She was a real victim. She spent a lot of the time. She spent she spent that movie hollering. I've never I've never heard so much constant screaming. Of course, uh, in normal you know horror movies, you might just get a, a jump scare every now and again, and you might hear some yelling and screaming when they're actually the bodies getting you know killed or whatever uh but in this movie she was just screaming her ass off screaming on top of her lungs every moment every second she's on camera you know and, and you think it would get annoying but no the way that they have a sequence the way you know everything sets itself up you know why she's in you know why she's in fear you know why she's screaming and i think if anything the screaming alone gets you into that mode and it makes you understand just what's going on uh now with that being said she <laughs> now for as much screaming as she did for as much you know yelling and all that she was not a pushover you know she did a lot of running but she had stamina though now she ran all throughout the night and all into the morning was chased up Right when the sun came out, she was that was you know, and, and the movie was about to end. She was she did one last run across that that long stretch of road up into the free up into the highway. She was running all the way from night to the morning. Now that she has some stamina on her, I'll give you that. I'll definitely give you that. And you know, she outthought her way. Uh, you know. She thought I thought her way to freedom. You know, she she um, near the end, uh, she was in a situation where you know they were trying to do her in. Uh, but of course, you know I don't want to give too much away to those who haven't seen it. Uh, but just know that you know the killers they weren't they weren't being smart and uh, gave her just enough wherewithal to to break out of there. Now, like I said, mind you, she is your typical horror movie victim, screaming, running, yelling. But again, uh, she never once gave up. She never once gave up hope. And she always was on the run. She always was trying to get out the people's clutches. And again, she, uh, for the most part, she outsmarted her captors. And I definitely like that. Uh, it's a lot different from what we saw. Well, not too much different from what we saw in the 2003 2003 version now Aaron played by Jessica Biel uh, was very smart was very um, fastidious as well as I mean getting out her situation now this one I like this one because they flipped this one up and let her uh, get some action and let her get some payback so she you know she grabbed the knife and started doing her thing as well to protect herself so I like the fact that they definitely upgraded uh, upgraded the main uh, the main lady's role uh, now um, one difference is of course there's the uh, one difference that I did find between both versions is of course you have the same um, the same tr the same kind of situation where you got young people traveling uh, young people 
going through this hot stretch of road, this hot area in Texas. Uh, now, one of the main differences, though, between the original is that there's nobody in the wheelchair. There's no annoying-ass Franklin. Now, in the original, you had uh, Franklin, which was Sally's cousin. Now, he was in the he was in a wheelchair. He was just a, just a sucky-ass character. Uh, just complained and just got in everybody's way. And just, you know, just couldn't really help himself. And uh, you got to see that. You know, you got to see, you know, uh, how how the characters dealt with that and um one of the biggest scenes that i remember uh remember watching especially in the, in the original was when they when uh sally was trying to push franklin down uh that hill to the creek uh in order to to meet up well in order to find everybody else because at this point the sun had gone down and uh nobody had came back to the house or to the van where it was just franklin and sally at that point uh, everybody else, uh, the other characters, Kirk and the other characters, uh, Pam and Jerry were already dead. <laughs> so she didn't even, uh, foot, and, and Sally and Franklin didn't know this. And so uh, they had to go looking for him. And you could see just the desperation and just, uh, you know, and, the, and it's just a situation at hand and just the difficulty that Sally had trying to move Franklin from point A to point B and he's not really helping out. He's doing a lot of complaining. Push me here. Push me there. And you're just like, damn, dude. And you could and you're just worried about both of them, really, because you know what's lurking. And I won't I don't want to give too much away, but I like to talk about the kills in horror movies and um one the kill that got to me the most because I wasn't expecting it was the killing of Franklin. Leatherface just pops out of nowhere. There's nowhere y'all can really run or to, or hide to. You know he can't move. He's in the wheelchair, and here comes Leatherface just out of the cut, just right down the middle, slices dude. And you're like, oh damn! And it just happened the way it happened was just outrageous. Uh, now, and that's one thing that I did like, like I said, about both movies, cinematography, you know what this movie is about, you get the, the idea of it, you know, when you, when you watch it, when you get it, um, you know, in the beginning of the original, you're cut, you, you're shown scenes of a graveyard, you're shown scenes of dead bodies, and then it, it comes in with the backstory, you can hear it on the radio, Greg's being robbed, so on and so forth, and you, you honestly get the idea of where it's headed, you know, within the first couple of scenes. You know, there's no, there's no if, ands, or buts about it. Uh, same thing in the in the remake. It's not as cut and it's not as cut and dry, but again, you get the idea. They're in some, they're in some shit right now. Um, with the and and what I will say is. I do like the the remake because it's a little bit different. Again, the the stories are a little bit different. Now, instead of in the original, uh, a group of friends traveling, uh, they're going to a specific place. Uh, they wanted to visit a specific place. They wanted to go there. Basically, they were going to the the graveyards to 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 check on their their grandfather's body. And this is the original. Uh, in the remake, they're just they just happen to be traveling through Texas. They stopped in Mexico uh, for a a couple's trip and of course to get some weed. So uh, Aaron and Aaron Jessica Bill's character is traveling with all her friends, Morgan Pepper, her boyfriend Kemper, so on and so forth. They're just they're just traveling through. 
Now, in the original, of course, like I said, they already had a goal. They had a mission set in mind. They wanted to check out the uh, the graveyard to make sure their grandparents' bodies were okay. When that was okay, they wanted to move on. They were in the area, so frankly, well, let's stop by the, the, old, the old mill, the old slaughterhouse. Let's go by there. Dumbest decision they could have ever made dumbest decision they could have ever made and uh again you know both these movies do have their differences again in terms of how they they come across the original uh, in the original movie how they come across the uh antagonist is simply well they were marked they were already marked uh somebody had come across them it was a drifter uh coming from that house you know it was one of their brothers it was leatherface's his older brother uh he comes across them uh come you know comes across the people in the van talks to him tries to cut him in the van cuts his hand Take, tries to take a picture of him, then wants to pay, wants them to pay him for the picture. He gets kicked out, but he marks their car up. So, <laughs> you know, they're already set up and uh, they go into the diner. Of course, they eat. They're asking about where to go. They ask about the old, you know, the old slaughterhouse. Can we go to the freight? Can we go to the Hewitt residence? Of course, you know, the guy, the, the owner of the shop is like, no, I wouldn't go there. Stay out of people's houses. Stay away. The lesson was already, he told you what to do. And they're getting, of course, they don't listen. They're out of gas anyways. And it was, all, it was, it's really a setup to begin with. Uh, they went to the gas station. They didn't, they claimed to not have gas. They told them to wait a little while. They didn't want to wait. They wanted to go drive into the house. And that's where they get into their situation. Now, like I said, in this one, uh, in the remake, again, they're just traveling through. Uh, there's no real... There's no real setup per se. It's not really given to you right away. You know, you're you're. It's it's a it's a completely it's, you know, it's almost a completely different story. And I like how they they both uh they're both separate stories. But you know, the character, the main character, Leatherface, is the same. Uh, his op, his mode of operation is the same. He's still hitting people upside the head with sledgehammer, so on and so forth. And one thing that I did like about the newer the newer version, one of the one of the characters that I did like uh, was a sheriff, uh, Sheriff Hoyt. He was played by R. Lee Emery. Now, if you ever heard of him, you might not you might not know the name, but if you've seen the movie Life, if you've seen the movie Life. Uh, that is your man, um, Sheriff Pike. He plays Sheriff Pike in life. So at least the older version of him. So you, and if you've seen uh, Full Metal Jack, he was the drill sergeant in that. Now, Arlie Emery, one of the better actors uh, that I've seen. I mean, definitely, I mean, he's somebody that I would, you, you know him when you see him. He's 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 a prototypical Southern cat. Like if you were making a movie about the racist, dirty South back in the day, he'd be your main character. Like you know, he's 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 staunch Southern. He's you know mean. He's mean in the movie. He's talking shit like he always does. That same attitude is there. He's one of the best Southern actors I've ever seen. He's just too intense. He's he's intense. He's way too intense. And uh, he showed up especially in this remake um, as a sheriff. You know. You know, the way he, uh, there was a scene where he's breaking breaking it down in the car, uh, breaking it down in the van to one of the guys, uh, to actually, uh, to Morgan. And uh, he, you know, he pulls out the gun. He pulls out his gun on his holster. And he's trying to, he's trying to figure it out. He's talking, he's, he's really just messing with the guy. He goes, I just don't see how it works. I don't see how, you know, that the bullet 
uh, go, well, because in this version, in the newer version, what happens is we'll we'll break this down a little bit too. Like I said, the guys um, they come in the original, they come across uh, a drifter. In the original, uh, I'm sorry, in the remake, they come across a a, a victim who kind of who was who ran away, who had got out of the situation. Uh, but what happened was she ended up killing herself right there in front of him. She pulled out a gun, just blew her head off. And so when they they finally get in touch with the sheriff, played by R. Lee, R. Lee Emery, uh, he he's he's break, he's talking to Morgan, one of the uh, one of the one of the Aaron's friends. He's he's trying to figure out how the girl shot herself. So he gets he gets uh, he gets Morgan to put the gun in his mouth. Show me exactly how you saw her do it. No, 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 don't tell me. He gets him to, to put the gun in his mouth. And it's funny because he's like, I need you to pull the trigger now. And Morgan's like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, I can't do that. Like, if he thinks the gun is loaded. So he's like, no, show me exactly how she did it. Did she put it in her mouth? Because at first he didn't want to put it in his mouth. No, 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 she had to put it in his mouth because there's no way the bullet would have traveled out the hole like that. So he made her put the gun in his mouth. Then Morgan decides, okay, well, forget that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some balls. Tries to turn the gun on him. Pulls the trigger. Ain't no bullets in there. Game over. I mean, just, uh, you know, this movie right here, uh, both both versions, great. Uh, this this the concept of this, you know, it's it's off the wall, of course, and in, in the original, it's a lot more uh, darker because uh, in the beginning in the it well the thing about the original is I think the original is a lot darker, a lot more intense because you don't really see the actual blood. You don't really see the actual cutting and all this, uh, but you you are, you know, you are allowed to imagine it. It's giving you just enough for you to put it in your head and you're able to imagine. And I think that's enough to take that movie to another level again. Again, the way it was uh, made, the way it was produced on another level, you know, even for the time period. Of course, you know, you can look at it now and, and look at the quality and say, of course, it's not, uh, you know, glossy. It's not as stylized as the newer version. But again, the the horror is still there. I think the horror hits just I think the horror is, is a little bit worse. Now, the blood, there might be more blood. There might be more killing in the, in the remake. It might look a lot cleaner and crisper. But in that original, bro, the horror is there. The scariness is there. And you can't beat it. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, especially the original, is one of the best horror movies ever made, y'all. And that's how I'm going to wrap up this Halloween Talking about two of my favorite horror movies. Actually, one of my favorite horror movies of all time. This has got to be my favorite remake of all time. Just uh, marvelous. Marvelous, y'all. And if I were you, I'd check out both of them. I'd give the original a 9 out of 10 just for how good it is. The original, I mean, the remake, uh, there's a lot There's a lot of holes in there. I don't, you know, it wasn't super consistent with me. So I'll give it a 7 out of 10, at least in terms of plot and everything else. I'll give it overall 7 out of 10. Uh, but still, one of my favorite remakes, remakes of all time. I suggest you check both of them out, y'all. All right, y'all, we're going to wrap this up for tonight. It's been a good one. It's been a long one, kind of. But uh, you guys have a good night. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Good night, y'all. Peace out.